0: joy is for you. Welcome to the Joybringer podcast. The world is full of uncertainties, difficulty, and pain. It needs joy, and you and I can bring it, but we can't bring what we don't have. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's grab hold of joy and bring it everywhere we go. I'm Season, and this is the Joybringers Advent Podcast, and I'm super excited to be joined by my friend, Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. Today is going to be a really, really sweet day for me. I met Michelle, um, gosh, I think a year ago. We went to a retreat together, and I was so immediately drawn to you, uh, to, um, uh, to your sweet, spunky wise, adorable spirit. And then as I got to know you, I was just blown away by the calling on your life. Um, I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about it because I, I'm just, I'm in awe of, of what you do and how you do it. Will you tell our listeners uh, what you do? Well, it's so fun season that we're
1: talking about this in preparation for Christmas because actually it was in December Christmas time of 2009 When I was reading in Luke 1, who doesn't read Luke 1 and Luke 2 at Christmas time, right? About how God told a dad, Zechariah, that his son, who wasn't even yet born, that John was going to be his name, and that he would help turn the hearts, not the heads, of fathers to their children. Literally, random day, nothing special about it. I literally heard God say to me, Michelle, that's what I want you to do. What? Like, I never had a, quote, ministry to men. In fact, at the time, I was almost 50 and single, never been married. So I'm like, God, I think you have the wrong girl. I don't think uh, men turning the hearts of fathers is, is quite what I've ever saw myself, seen myself doing or what I ever saw myself ever stepping into. But how many of us are in a place where we would disqualify ourselves? Like, I don't think I'm ready for this, or I don't think I'm the right man or woman for the job but isn't that where God wants us like not saying I've got this, I can do this. And so that's where I've built, I would say over the years, the last 13 years, a bridge to, to fathers to say, okay, we're all in this together saying, how do we step into the assignment God's given us? And so what, what the rest of that story is season is that uh, a month later I ended up emailing 11 dads whose daughters at the time were my counseling clients in their teens and twenties and said just to the dads, not the daughters, how would you like to join me once a month for six months to see if there's a change in you, your daughter, in your relationship? 10 of the 11 dads said, we're in. Oh my gosh. And I've had people say to me, men don't add more to an already full plate unless, dot, 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 drum roll, there's a felt need. So these men came, now mind you, I have no curriculum. God had given me a name, it downloaded while I was blow drying my hair two days after I read Luke 1, which was this just the name, of the Abba Project. Right? Abba mm-hmm. meaning daddy in Aramaic and Men Love a Project. Hence the name. So these these dads kept coming, and we ended up going a year. Again, I had no curriculum, nothing other than an assignment from God. So, Dad, if you're listening and say, My daughter didn't come with a playbook, I have no idea how to invest in her heart because God's telling me I got to turn my heart. What does that even mean? Well, that's, that's where my calling is at. You know, again, I'm the oldest of four daughters. I'm a pastor's daughter. I went to Bible college later in life. All my stuff, I call it started coming up for healing because I have a yeah. lot of trauma and abuse. And yet that's what drove me to a counselor who sees And oh my goodness, it could almost make really make me teary is she kept asking me, where's Jesus in that memory? And and I'm like, he doesn't show up. He'll be there after to put a robe of righteousness on me. But it changed me from the inside out where all the head knowledge came into my heart as I tapped into my trauma story and saw where Jesus was in it, where God as a father has been in my story. Mm. And now I have the privilege of walking alongside dads, championing you dads and your calling that you would disqualify yourself for. And I know you don't have a playbook that came with every one of your daughters and sons, of course. But at the end of the day, my heart desire is to whisper. That's what someone called me, the dad whisperer. He said, yeah, we don't like women shouting at us. And somehow you whisper to us. And so that has been radio and podcast since 2016. And then I've written a couple books for dads of daughters because my desire is to equip you as dads to lead and pursue and invest in your daughter's hearts.
0: Oh, this is why I love you. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you today because you did. You dove right in with that's the story mm-hmm. of Christmas. <laughs> right? Like it starts, Zechariah and Joseph, like, like, the hearts of the fathers toward their children. Listen, we're, we're moms, right? Both of us, you and I, are also connected because we are not biological mothers. But the Lord has gifted us the privilege of being uh, moms to other people's children. And yes. I married my husband and became a mom of three. And they were three daughters. <clears throat> and at the time, they were six, eight, and ten. But you married your precious husband and became uh, a bonus mom to how many? So many. Well, five kids and
1: now our 17th grandbaby's on the way. And it's it's ridiculous. I married a widower. And the cool thing is I married a man who had written the foreword to my first book back in 14 and founded the National Center for Fathering, Ken Canfield. This story is wild. Never knowing that we would ever see God bring our lives together at all. Always a relationship above board in terms of, you know. Yeah not crossing any lines, but God gave us both an assignment. That's an, well, actually it isn't really a story for another day because like you just said, this is the story of Christmas is you have Mary showing up, Joseph showing up going, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know, this is, you know, this is not maybe gonna sit right with everybody, but what do we do when when God says move, we move. And so uh, Ken and I have been married now for almost three and a half years. Oh and my It's gosh. all new and it's a big tribe and stepping into the assignment from God. I mean, season what I'm blown away at right now in this moment is that you and I are having this conversation, but already there's a theme being woven in of just yeah. show up. And if you yeah. if you're a dad that says, "I never get it right. I blow it all the time." I hear that very clearly from my wife or ex-wife or daughter. And so so many men I've discovered would rather do nothing than do it wrong. So mm. then you men mm. are smart oh enough to go, yeah, right, to go, okay, she, my wife, my ex-wife, somebody is more equipped verbally and emotionally. So you back off, cause you're like, I'm not stupid. I can put that together. But dad, you've got to know that doing nothing is doing it wrong. And I know you yes. want to do it right. You want to get it right. You want to say it right. And that's where season and I want to champion you saying, We would have disqualified ourselves from our assignments. Mary would have disqualified herself. I'm too young. I'm a virgin. I can't carry a baby. Joseph is saying, I've never, I I don't know what to do here. But the angel kept talking to him. And what did he always do? He immediately obeyed. I'll take Mm -hmm. her to Egypt. I will go there. I will uproot and go. And that's really what we're saying is, dad, now is the time. And this year, 2023, being a dad that says, I want to end this year with an exclamation point at the end of whatever script has been written, whatever the narrative about you or because of you, it's time to end well. End this year well by pursuing the hearts of your kids because they're desperately longing for your attention, your pursuit, even if they act like they don't want you or need you or understand you. I got some ideas we'll tuck in later in the conversation where you don't have to be rendered powerless in this assignment.
0: I'm I'm so encouraged by this. I um <clears throat> the thing that that bothers me so much about especially the holiday season is that there's a a running joke about how men are so checked out of Christmas and moms and wives just handle all of it. And there's all these memes that that wind up coming up at this time that are like, you know, Christmas morning is just a surprise, just as surprising to the dad than it is to the kids <laughs> yeah. and and right and and it is funny and and very typical but I'm, i wanted to share a story with you my My father passed away a couple years ago, and I no longer have any any family alive and and mm-hmm. it's a strange thing to to be alone in that way uh, but the Lord has given me a husband and and three daughters who are grown women now and doing their own thing but um, the thing that, that I do remember that is so special about Christmas in my family, I'm an only child, and yes, my mother handled all of it, right? My dad was very checked out in many ways, but he would serve our family in his own way. So the, the running joke was always, you know, people would come over to my house and be like, well, where's Jerry Marshall? And inevitably, he's outside washing their car. My, you'd come to my <laughs> oh. house, my dad would wash your car. And you'd come to my house, and my dad would, like, empty all the trash cans, my mom's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, what? the trash needs to be taken out. Yeah. He was just so precious to serve instead of sit down and hang out. But the thing that I will always treasure so deeply, and <laughs> this might get me too. Um, yeah. my mom would handle all the Christmas, and Christmas was obscene in my house. Like, as an only child, I know now this that when you have three kids, like money doesn't go very far. But When you got one, it's a lot easier to sort of be lavish. And so my Christmases were pretty lavish. And every year there was always one gift from my dad. And it was really from him. My mom would make him go out and he bought me perfume every year. He would pick out a, a perfume for me every year. And he nailed it. I, I just, I, oh I don't, I don't know how he did it and it, it's so precious yeah. and they were trendy and popular or they were unique and different. I, he probably just went to the counter and been like, I, my daughter's, you know, 16, what should I get her? But, yeah. but that will stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's special and smells remind me of my dad because of that. Yes. yes. I can imagine that that holidays can feel so overwhelming, especially if you if there's a, a woman in the family who who takes it, it on. You know, unfortunately, I, I don't know. It, this bothers me, but when moms or mother in laws or you know family members are like, "Christmas is mine. It's my thing." Well, no, it's actually for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. we can all participate. And and so I think that that if and, and maybe I don't know, but. To, if this is an encouragement to a dad to say, find something, do, do one yes, thing man. that's special between you and your child. Yeah. Um, yeah, that yeah, impacted my life hugely.
1: Like you say, it's not competing with mom, but it's oh, you find the thing that only yeah. you as a dad can bring. I cannot believe you shared that story because listen to mine that parallels what you just shared. Oh my gosh. So my dad back when I was, I'm the oldest of four, as I said, so, four girls. So it may be, I was in seventh, eighth, ninth, somewhere right in there. But my dad goes to this men's retreat and his dad was an alcoholic, died of gangrene, was homeless in Chicago. There were gangs, you know, affiliations in his family. My dad was in gangs from the time he was 12, like no template. When I say no template of how to be a dad, that's an under understatement. Because like the last time my dad remembered his dad being in their home, is when his mom put an iron to his drunk face and he never came back. So it is, it is a mess of a family story. And so, Dad, if you're listening right now and say, well, mm. I don't know how to be a dad. No one ever showed me. You can't use that excuse. Remember, you can't do nothing. Doing nothing is doing it wrong. Right. So Susan and I are giving you practical action steps. Because on my podcast, the dad whisper every time I say, on your mark, get set, go. Always ending with a go step. Here's one way you can put the theme today into action because don't men always say, well, just tell me how to fix it. Just tell yes. me what to do to fix it. That's what we're doing today. You don't have to say where you got the idea. Don't give season and I credit. We're just saying, no. how about if you buy her perfume, then yeah. she'll always remember you gave it to her. So listen to this story. You aren't going to believe what I'm going to share. So my dad goes to this retreat. And they're talking about being invested dads. And he's like, what do girls like? We've got lots of girls. They like perfume. So he came over to, I mean, obviously when it was, when it was over, he came to us and said, I'm going to start this tradition at Christmas time. So usually on like the 23rd or 24th of December, we, at the time we were all living in Portland, we'd go down to Nordstrom, downtown Portland. He would take all of us to lunch Oh. with my mom too. And then we would go to the Nordstrom counter and we would try on all the perfume because you know it smells different on everybody's skin. So oh, literally yeah. I would have like eight smells up my two <laughs> arms on the top of my hand by my elbow. And then we would often be there for like an hour. Okay, most men would go, okay, shoot me now. Okay, dad, I want you to know we did lots of photos. I tend to like a lot of pictures, divide one good one. <laughs> Before the, before the choice. And then while we're picking the perfume and after, can I tell you how many clerks, how many saleswomen, mostly would come up often with tears in their eyes saying, I wish my dad would do that with me. And mm. here's what I want to say, dad, one of the last times, cause he said, once you're married, I'm not buying anymore. So I haven't now had to buy me <laughs> perfume, but one of the perfumes, I'm going to be real specific, dad, $185 for one bottle. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm saying, Dad, where your treasure is, there your heart is, as Jesus said. Yeah. So, I, I get that that might be a little bit different interpretation, but if you want your daughter to know she's a treasure to your heart, you've got to put your money where your mouth is. And so, my dad, yeah. I sat there and I said, I can't have you spend that much on me. That's too much. Now, here, you want to know the truth? The year before I bought him a, a cologne that was almost the same price, it's way easier for me to give it than receive it. Dad, when you invest in your daughter, here's the deal. Every time I still wear that perfume. Perfume one bottle that expensive lasts a long time.
0: Forever, yes. Yeah.
1: In fact, you want me to tell you the truth? I sprayed that perfume on today, right before oh. interview. Before this conversation. I can smell it right now. The perfume my dad bought me has carried with me. It has carried me across the country. It has stayed with me. And dad, your investment that way, look at, we're both saying, if you don't do anything else this Christmas, go invest in your daughter. If she doesn't like perfume, I've actually done a podcast and written a blog on other ways, dad, do a painting day. If she loves painting, you know where they do, you can go and you all get the same canvas and they have you do it together. Uh, We had Powell's bookstore, all these peas, perfume. I would say, do paint your own pottery. Something creative that you have something afterwards that lasts. If your daughter loves books, we had Powell's books, I've had dads that would say, I went through the the whole rows of books for like two hours, buy her a set of books, a group of books, something that after the fact she has to look at,
0: hold and remember her time with you. Can you believe we're both sharing that? That's so cool. That is so cool. I just, I think it's, it's important to, and, and to, to the women listening to empower your your children's fathers, your husbands, to it, be involved. I, I think yes. when uh, you can speak to this, I, but this is my observation: when they don't feel, when guys don't feel like they have, there's room for them. They're like, they'll be like, "Cool, I'm out." Like most of the time, they're not going to jockey for position in 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 You're this right. Si- sense, right? Mm-hmm. With with other men, I think they'll have to like jockey for position all day, but. But I think that there's a sense of defeat, Mm -hmm. especially in families where they're like, well, my ideas are terrible. They don't, my wife or my, you know, I don't, I don't win here. So I'm just going to leave and not be in, not be present.
1: That's exactly what men tell me. Again, back to that, would rather do nothing than do it wrong. And so they see their wife getting it right. But you know what a lot of that is, or ex-wife, is because Sometimes the truth is women bring more emotion and, and listening. And remember, dad, you have two ears, one mouth. And I don't say that to be disrespectful, but to say, we've got to listen twice as much as we talk. So often that's where mom comes in. Dad wants to fix it. Tell you what to do about that. In fact, dad, a real practical action step is ask your daughter. And I got this from a dad in the ABBA project. He said, he'll ask her, is this a talking session or a listening session or listening conversation or a talk? like, do you want me to just listen? Or is it a fix it conversation? Like you can mm. ask her, what do you need right now? And back to the thing that you just said about men oftentimes go, I don't really fit. I'm not needed. You can't believe that lie men, because the truth is at the end of the day, you are helping to build a bridge to God as a father, whether you know it or not, whether you're tight with God as a father, The reality is even research confirms this is a lot of Americans, about three quarters of them see God as distant, uninvolved. I mean, CNN through uh, ABC News reported this study from a a book many years ago saying this is really a thing. And I've often wondered at the correlation between absent, uninvolved, disengaged fathers and how people view God. I think there's a correlation. So dad, we want you to be encouraged today to step in, even if you don't get the message that you matter all that much because at the end of the day back to research the research confirms that children who feel connected to their fathers is that a heart word or a head word heart word. Uh, feel yeah. connected this is research not biblical truth feel connected to their dads they do better in every area can i give a few examples please okay dads here's what the research confirms overriding themes and research that children who feel connected to their fathers, they do better in school, they get better grades. They're more likely to finish high school and attend college. They have greater self-esteem, less body dissatisfaction and healthier weight, less anxiety and depression, less suicide attempts. They're more likely to hold steady employment. Dads are gonna love this one. They delay their sexual debut. And there's less than teen pregnancies and all that comes with that. There's more pro social behavior, better athletic and performance. I mean, need I go on? So dad, at the end of the day, even if your daughter, I I specifically speak to that relationship, dads and daughters are put is putting a wall up. Even your wife, remember, she's a daughter too. your ex-wife is a daughter. We Mm -hmm. put walls up like the best of them and the claws come out because we're hurt. So dad, at the end of the day, men, at the end of the day, as you pursue the hearts of your family, they feel a connection to you, builds a bridge to God as a father, and it's on you to lead, to pursue. You were made for this. You can't do it without Holy Spirit in you, indwelling you, Jesus empowering you, God as a father leading you. I get that that's, that's a big assignment, but you're not doing it alone, and your family, your kids need you.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, it's so true and so real. And I'm grateful the work that you are doing. And I know your husband is doing the same. You guys are, are heroes. You are. And, and I'm grateful. And I think to get back to to the Christmas season and and the meaning, the, the, you know, so again, so much focus is on, on Mary at Christmas time. And it should be, right? Miraculous crazy situation. but what about Joseph? <laughs> like, yeah like what 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 a what a man like what a man? Absolutely to step up and step into a difficult situation to love someone else's child, right like with with lots of drama. I never thought of that. yeah
1: loving someone else's child wow season that is that is powerful and profound
0: yeah and i i think the holidays brings this out but this is something that god is so familiar with so familiar with mary and john they were a blended family right (laughs) yeah that's the reality oh my goodness so so at christmas there is often yours mine and ours in in these gatherings and you are you are new to that i dove into that head first. And I see it in so many families, and and Christmas often disrupts, you know, so much, and and brings a lot of pain and difficulty. There's, you know, who's going where on what day. There's, um, who bought who what, and where that thing then goes. I remember that was a big thing in our family. Like, you know, you'd buy you'd buy your kids clothing, and then it wind up at the other house. Mm-hmm. And no one would know where that was or, you know, so sometimes they would yeah. put like names like dads or moms, you know, just things can be very complicated or where you take the toy over to the other parent's house and it gets broken. Like there just it can be a lot, of, yeah. yes, a lot of strife, a lot of difficulty in this Christmas season. And so to get back to this idea to just love the family that the Lord has given you well to not focus so much on all of the strife and all of the competition and all of the difficulty and get back to the idea that the gift, the greatest gift that you've been given is this family. Is is those kids that, that you didn't, you know, produce, is that spouse? And and for me, well, I transparently, I didn't always um, succeed in this, but when I came into this family, my my family, um I was beca- I became a mom, right, and i was am still so grateful for their mom because their mom made me a mom, <laughs> like yeah. I was given a gift yeah. they have another mom, but they're my children right. and and i and I have always said or and tried to act this way and certainly didn't always succeed, but that she is royalty in my heart and in my and in my family. Um, we don't always succeed at that, but to get back to the idea of gratitude to start there, I'm so grateful whether I connect with these kids or not, whether they're rejecting me or not, whether I feel like I am successful or failing at this, I am grateful for this gift and I will look at it that way Absolutely, because every child is a gift, every child and every child that the Lord entrusts to your home is a gift. Mm -hmm. And the more we use divisive language yours mine and ours i i hate that those terms i do realize that there's some reality to that but also you now know michelle you've been given a humongous family it is your family and you are stepping into that with grace and humility right because you you didn't create that family god did and and you are then stepping into a role and and providing everything that you can provide, uh, with grace. I know, I know because I know who you are and, and yet it's, it's challenging, right? I was just going to say that we cannot,
1: we cannot underscore enough that every assignment we're given has challenges. I don't care if it's at work or if it's in our family or if it's spiritually, like any relationship that has value takes a lot of work. And I want to even go back season to something you said about women. How can how can women set their husbands up to succeed? Because mm. I, I recently wrote a blog because I do these dad-daughter Friday blogs every other week. So dads, if you want to go to drmichellewatson.com, you can sign up for them. Where I'm just wanting to give dads regular input about how they can invest in their kids. But the one I recently highlighted was from a conversation with one of my best friends who shared three things that she has had to do as a mom where she realized that as her daughter hit adolescence, I often like that operative word hit. It's kind of like overnight, what happened? Right. And She said, I've had to watch, what do I say about him when he's not in the room? That's on me. Yes. Another thing she said, I got to watch my tone. How do I speak to him when the kids are listening? Really two key things for mom. But she said the third thing is once her daughter was in adolescence, hit adolescence, dad didn't get her as much. So she would talk mostly to mom. And she said, you know, she'd be like, dad doesn't get me. I don't want to talk with him. And you know, I think a lot of moms would go, I know he's a guy he's doing his best. But she said, Oh my goodness. I got a download from God that said, I'm holding the key to her heart, to my daughter's Mm -hmm. heart. She's our daughter. Am I giving him the key so that he can unlock her heart and understand? And she said, I wasn't doing that. So she said, wow. I begin to say, honey, here's what's going on with her. I think if you went in and maybe asked how she was feeling rather than what are you thinking yeah. about, it'll get yeah. to an emotional conversation instead of just data, you know, with details. Mm. and details. Mm-hmm. And she said, I begin to help him understand her more. So, Dad, I'm going to insert another practical action step because, Dad, <laughs> even if you took one thing away from this conversation that Susan and I are having today, it will be one thing you're doing right. Do one thing this Christmas different than you did a year ago. That will already begin to move things in a positive direction. Dad, what if you wrote a letter to your daughter and what if you even maybe put it in the tree? Like rather than Ugh. put it in the tree and it becomes a new tradition where yeah. they open it up and it's in your handwriting because in our technological world, we don't have enough old fashioned handwritten letters. So when I lead the OPA project, and again, I'm not trying to exalt myself, but what I'm saying is one thing I did is I would on the week that, the month, but that night that it would be about letter writing, I would have about 25 different types of stationery. So the dads would have mm-hmm. it right there. Which one fits that daughter? So we yeah. didn't have to go to the store. Again, I want to set men up to succeed. So mom, if you're listening, perhaps you could share this idea with your husband, even your ex-husband. Your kids need them needs him in their life in some way. And if there's estrangement, it could be a letter that he writes that still lets the kids know how valuable they are to him, even if he's not Mm -hmm. valuable to you or husbands, ex-husbands, if she's not valuable to you, your kids still need to know dad loves them, affirms them, values them, treasures them. So there's that stationary idea. But here's the thing, dad, here's some practical ideas. You can go to my website, free resources. I have ideas on there. One of the PDFs is, what things you could include in a letter. And again, as a woman, I'm saying, dads, here's what I think your daughter would love to hear. Sons too. Tell her about the first day she was born when you first looked at her or him and held that baby in your arms. Tell your child what you remember feeling. What did you see? Was this the most beautiful baby you'd ever see? He and she needs to know that. Why don't you look up the meaning of his or her name? Mm -hmm. And tell them right now how they embody that truth in their lives. Those words that you speak, I guarantee will be treasures. Even one dad, I remember in the ABBA ABBA project, his daughter was 13. He goes, Olivia is not going to be into this one. Okay, I'll do it. It's the assignment this month. And he said, I was blown away because I noticed it stayed on the top of her desk. And when her friends came over, she didn't hide it. She left it right out there. So dad... An action step that you could put into motion this Christmas, which really parallels the God of the universe that said, I want you to know how much I love you. That I'm I'm gonna put three-quarters of a million words into a book. It's called the Bible. I'm gonna and I'm even gonna call my son the word. Like words and communication are important to God as a father. So for well, you dad to connect with the way that God communicates with us, that's a win-win. Hmm.
0: Wow, that is so good. That is so good. Such great insight, scripture biblical insight into words. And 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 I think that you know, it, men aren't wrong f- for so many who don't use words as the thing that, you know, they express their love. They're not it's not wrong, but just what an uh, what a tool for them to be able to uh connect with their daughters and and wives, let's be honest, right? <laughs>
1: no, for real. That's what I've had many men, it's really fun when they go, you know what? I'm noticing the things I'm learning here about active listening and leaning forward and nodding my head and listening more than I talk and asking good questions. Literally they'll say, you know what? This is working wonders with my wife or ex-wife. And I'm like, or the women I work with or she's a daughter too. And so I have found men say, I didn't know that. How, how would I have known what she needed? She needs my words in writing. And I mean, even going back to our conversation Season about about perfume is you see how Mary anointed Jesus' feet for burial with her tears and with perfume
0: expensive. Okay, bring it all the way around. Good job. (laughs) Bringing bringing
1: that around is that the things we're talking about actually do have roots in Scripture. Yeah. Investing with the treasures of our heart in our Mm. actions, and that they line up. Isn't that so much of what we're talking about here at Christmas? Is God put, you know, His love into action. For God so Mm. loved the world that He gave His only Son at a cost to Himself. You know, Mm. and that's really what we're calling uh, men, especially in this conversation, to dads about we're saying, do that this Christmas. This may cost you something. Yeah, it may be really hard to step over the messiness of divorce to write that letter, or to say, I've got to go through our mom to set it up. That is Mm. not fun. It's not easy. But, Dad, mm-hmm. do it anyway. Let this cost you something. I mean, don't yeah. you remember that story in First Samuel where King David wanted to offer a sacrifice to the Lord, his God? And he said to this guy, I don't know if you pronounce his name Arana, but that's how I say it. And he said, Arana said, you can have my threshing floor. No, you're the king. You can just have it to offer your sacrifice. David said, no, I want to buy it. And they went back and forth. And finally, David said, I don't want to offer the Lord something that costs me nothing. I want to buy yes. this. So dad, there's a cost to loving your kids graciously, not getting, caught, getting them caught in the crossfires with challenges with their mom. And yet that is so vital. It is so vital that, that your kids know, they know, they're smart enough to go, my dad had to really work at this one. And then you don't even say anything negative about her. Come on dads, this is the time exclamation point at the end of this year in pursuing the hearts of your kids. Aren't we both saying that? Cause you just yes. said, Susan, you're still treasuring the deposits your dad made mm-hmm. into your heart that you draw on now in memories and dad, the reality mom, the reality is that we never know when a day may be our last. And we're not trying to like, you know, make this more, you know, salacious or, or, you know, kind of dramatizing this to say this could be your last Christmas, but that might be a way to frame it is if this was my last Christmas, what would I Mm -hmm. want to leave with my children as a lasting legacy so that they never have to doubt that they matter and that they have value and worth Mm. to me and to their father in heaven, their heavenly father.
0: Mm. Christmas is a celebration of of, of giving extravagantly but not it's like you said it's not about giving financially right but but something that costs you and it's about the building and creation of families that might not make any sense and it's and this is the time where we get to look at the gift that the lord gave us of our family and take a risk do something that costs you to celebrate and out of our gratitude, right? Even if we haven't done it well in the past, we can do it well now. That's joy. The joy that starts with gratitude, mm-hmm. right? And, and works through the difficulty. There is healing of, available for our families, for our relationships. And we can um, use, I, I have these four joybringer core values that as joybringers, we operate oh, like, in so. gratitude, in forgiveness. That's vital, because the Lord has forgiven us, we get to receive that. And then, in order to maintain our joy, we've got to work in forgiveness. And now's, now's a great time. Stuff comes up at Christmas to really work through that with the Lord. And then, the, the third Joybringer core value is incredibly helpful at, at Christmas time, which is flexibility to be able to hold it loosely, to hold yeah. it loosely and say, well, my family's situation looks real different this year. And instead of holding on to, no, Christmas is mine and this is how we do it, open your hands and say, how do you want to reveal your goodness in this moment, Lord? I trust you and let's, let's do it how you want to do it. We're going to find the joy and we're going to find the goodness when things look different. And then the fourth one is rest. When we can look around, be grateful for what we have and, 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 and hold on to, to that gift that the lord has given us the family. We don't we don't have to work to the bone during this season. Cuz I know for me, I can get so caught up in all the things I have to do, right? We moms and dads are doing so much at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And we lose the connection with our families. And so to rest, to gather together and be refueled together. I don't I don't know about you, but but one of my favorite some of my favorite Christmas memories include movie watching right? With my family. I think that, um, the more, the more we recognize the value of, uh, the gift of time, the value of the gift of family. And, um, it it can be very painful. This does not come without sacrifice. Like we, like we were saying, um, my family and my world looks very different. My holidays look very different now. Um, and, you know, we've got these three daughters who are, are grown and, and, and gone doing their own thing. And, and my family um, is all gone to the other side in heaven. I don't have any more blood relatives. And, and yeah. so it can be painful to, to sit in a moment where maybe you don't have um, your family with you, but to take a moment and still um, make room to feel those things, to make room, to celebrate those things, the things that you may have had, uh, and to to still operate in gratitude for what you've had in your life and trust that the Lord is at work doing a good thing uh, to bring hope and healing and goodness to you. It may look different than it has in the past, but God is at work doing good things. You know, I want to go back
1: to something we talked about with the word of god like god as a father communicating his love to us through jesus mm-hmm. right coming mm-hmm. to earth and that was his communication and a gift to us right is that dad's one of the most important things get into the word of god because the word of god has power it's alive as hebrews says like it's active sharper than a two-edged sword and you know my my husband has literally bought chronological Bibles. Here it is, I'm holding it up for you to see. Dads that are listening can't see that. But the cool thing about the chronological Bible, men is it's already laid out for you. So every day, it's chronologically written out as it plays out in the Bible. So you might have Job at the beginning with Genesis, and you might have 1 Samuel, 1 Chronicles together. Now we're in the New Testament, so it'll be- That is very confusing
0: Mm -hmm. when you read that for the first time, because you're like, I swear I just read this story.
1: That's a good point. So dad, you didn't have a role model of a dad that's spiritually led. I honestly know because women tell me this, I'm tired of being the spiritual leader. I'm tired of having to answer the questions. And Barna has done research on this, on how, you know, like three quarters of women feel like they're carrying most of that. And I, I, I know there's a lot of messiness around why men disqualify themselves, but I'm saying, dad, why not this Christmas? Make a commitment in your heart to say, you know, I may not know what to read in the Bible to my kids, but if you don't know what to do, why not get the chronological Bible start January of the next year where you're saying, let's all read this as a family. Maybe once a month, you give a reward for that month of reading. But if you can get your kids to follow your lead in the word of God, the word of God will speak into their lives when you don't know what to say. And when I would say, when when you're not there, you want them to connect with Jesus and God as a father. And the word of God is what will absolutely from the inside out change them. And the chronological Bible. It sounds funny that I'm championing this because I've read the scripture since I was a young girl, very consistently. But this is something Ken wanted me to do with him. And he invited me into a practice he already had. And we get to talk about what we both read Because we're reading the same thing. I mean, what do you Mm -hmm. think, Susan? Do you think that would be a practical way that dads could
0: lead? Yes scripture even even if it's if it's overwhelming to start with the whole dang thing right we could start small right it could be a psalm that you know this week send a text to your kids or 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 put it on the fridge and say this week it's you know a psalm 91 or or whatever but just to learn to engage and share it's a shared experience and we're all we all read that and now we all can talk about it it's some it's just something to um to connect us even more. You talk about it in the car, talk about it at the dinner table before you go to bed. Which is Deuteronomy six.
1: When you walk, he's like, tie these words to your forehead. You know, like when you walk, when you're at home, that you're talking about what you read. And I love that you said that make it small. Like it may be Matthew one, Luke one, Luke two, the story of where Jesus came to earth. Read that as a family, have a family dinner. That might actually be one practical action step this year because it's hard for your family to gather around the table anymore. You know what? I want to say one more thing that's been coming to my really to my heart and my mind as we've been talking is that what do you do when you get triggered at Christmas? Because we're talking today about the cost, the challenges Mm. in families, even if you are still married, we know tensions rise, as we've said today at Christmas. I mean, I think about even my grandma, One of my grandmas used to come and visit us for Christmas. Most Christmases I was in my room crying. She was just a mean, old, snarky lady. And it was like nothing we could do was ever right. And she would just say cutting things. And so sometimes what makes stress go up is family that comes and stays. And it's not even your nuclear family. It's these other members that ruin the feng shui, you know. But what I'm saying is what do you do, mom and dad, men and women, when you get triggered? And you're like, over my dead body, you're talking to my kid that way. And now it's a blast loud and everybody's upset and there's tears and there's anger. And oh my goodness. And, and that's when tempers flare. And I mean, I even recently, I've never had a video or anything go viral, but it was this 47 second clip from an interview that I did with a friend of mine. And all I said in this 47 second clip that they took out of an interview was telling dads, drop your anger. Your anger does more to destroy her heart, her spirit. It'll shut her down. She'll believe she's not worthy or treasured yeah. or valuable. That's all I said. And this thing blew up because it resonated with people who have been shaped by a father's anger. And I think many listening could could attest to that, too. I know I was always afraid of my dad's anger. Even mm-hmm. if it didn't, if he didn't blow a lot, I, I kind of could tell the tension was rising and it might go there. So that's just a human condition. So What do you do, men and women, especially I'm talking to dads, when you're like, I notice it, I'm ready to blow, or you don't even notice it, you just do, or there's just a lack of ability to know how to manage your own inner world because there's so much going on and you believe default, I got to fix this, I got to fix this. Let me talk to you and give you a practical way that you can manage your own inner world. Hmm. First of all, ask yourself on a scale of zero to 10. What number am I hitting right now of anger, sadness, chaos, confusion, fear? A lot of times fear is under the anger, dad, or, sure. or under the sadness, there's fear. Like, I'm afraid if I don't nip this in the bud, it's going to get worse. I'm afraid it's going to get um, more toxic if we don't, you know, redirect this. And so you try to overpower and get louder and use your power to try to steer the train and it usually goes off the tracks and off the rails that way. But if you manage your own internal stressors and realities, you can ask yourself, okay, zero to 10, what number am I? I would say if you start to hit a seven, exit the room, find a way to get away, to catch your breath. You will never regret waiting to respond. So the more grounded you are feet on the ground, instead of you're floating up and freaking out. And I, I kind of, described as you're climbing up the ladder on the side of the uh, side of the building and you're up here going okay this isn't good i'm losing air <laughs> oxygen up here get back on the ground and a way to do that is if you're at a family event go to the bathroom sit on the throne put the lid and literally breathe in four out six catch your breath you can ground yourself i could i could give more techniques but i don't want to get in the weeds here about you can tap on your knees right and left. It's called bilateral stimulation. Like I'm saying, it's kind of some, maybe too much uh, counseling psychology stuff here. But if you can kind of tap back and forth, that bilateral stimulation is kind of like rocking. It will help lower that, what we call the sympathetic nervous system, goes into action. You want to activate the parasympathetic. It's like a parachute. Para, para, Mm. bringing you down. Okay, I can catch my breath. Okay. So one, ask yourself zero to 10, how intense am I feeling? If you're seven heading into eight, nine, or 10, that's your signal. I've got to attend to me and get the oxygen mask on me. Like, like they say in the, tr- you know, in the plane, before you put the oxygen mask on your kids, you've got to put it right. on you. So zero to 10, if you hit a seven heading into eight, nine, 10, it's your, it's your time and your signal to manage yourself. Number two, if you hit an eight, nine, or 10, it's always your own stuff. The current situation, flip the switch on, but it's hardwired behind the wall. Years before it was wired. It's your own stuff. That's a whole other conversation for another day. If but anybody gosh, wants Michelle, to that want, is so
0: good. That is so good. It is it your stuff. Like
1: it, it is, but it seems like it's your kids. If they wouldn't have yelled, if they wouldn't have fought. If they, but yeah. it's going to be something in your own story where you didn't have control or didn't have a voice or didn't have value. So that's the second thing. Number three, exit the room not in anger. Go take care of you. Go to a bedroom, go to a closet, go to your car. If you're at a restaurant, go walk around. See, it's that right, left bilateral stimulation bias two. It's helping you Mm -hmm. breathe and titrate out that intensity. So you can tap, you can go in the room. And then number four, then you can pray. A lot of times we cannot ask God to come in and intervene and say, What's going on in me? It might be, yeah. Oh my gosh, I do feel like I'm back at my Christmas. And I am yeah. remembering the memory, Jesus, where were you then? Jesus talk to me now. You came as Prince of peace. I am mm-hmm. not feeling like there's any peace in me or in this situation. And as you get grounded, mom and dad, and then come back out into the room, everybody's waiting. What, what, what? <laughs> and when right. you come back with grace, with the peace of Christ, I mean, that baby, Jesus came, grew up, Prince of Peace. You get to bring the presence of Jesus into the room again, and the atmosphere changes as you come back different. So I wanted to address that at Advent, at Christmas time, because we can talk about having rest and peace and hope and joy, but what do you do when you're like, I can't get there. Something must be wrong with me. I think having maybe some of those passion steps that help you get
0: there could be That's so good. Those are so, so helpful. Practical tools so that we can maintain our connection so that we can yes. maintain our, our love and, and fight for connection and not from a distant, angry place. That's so, so good. Yeah. Michelle, I am, I am so blessed <laughs> to be with you today. I'm blessed to share so many similarities with you in our life. And I'm I'm encouraged. I have uh, my, you know, my dad, my husband is a girl dad. And so you are speaking our language and I know that he's going to be, um, I know that he's going to be writing some letters this Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I I know that. that, uh, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged. And, and I am just, um, I'm honored that you would join me in this joy bringers advent as we really look to to be present so we can experience the good news of great joy that is available to us right now as we celebrate this Christmas season. So thank you, my friend. How can we find you? How can my, how can our listeners and watchers, how can they find you? And and, uh, please share, you know, I'm on all
1: social media platforms. You can, they have different names, but you can just go to my website, drmichellewatson.com. And I've got connections to the blog, to both of the books. You know, first one is, You know, dad, here's what I really need from you. A guide for connecting with your daughter's Mm -hmm. heart. She may not be able to tell you. The second one is let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters so that dads have 60 topics where they can lead their daughters to understand themselves better. You can use those books with your wives to understand them or your ex-wife better. And uh, then I have the dad whisperer podcast, which is again available on all platforms and you can listen where I'm really wanting to encourage to challenge, to champion men because God as a father chose to use you to help build a bridge to him. And that's a big responsibility, but it's a big privilege. And Susan, I love what you're doing. I love that you, you are so authentic and so real. Like you said, at the beginning, (laughs) we met at this women's retreat and with leaders and from across the country. And we were put into the same group and I had immediately seen you earlier. and thought I would love to know her better. Because your like, that's joy my people. Overflows. Yeah. And yeah. you and I both know that it's oftentimes our joy that's been really on the other side of it. it's been a lot of tears. And so it's not that we live up on the mountaintop all the time, but we keep working it through and valuing the people in our lives. And so thank you for letting me join you today for this conversation. I literally I will never forget what you said about Joseph was raising someone else's child. I've never thought of it that way. The blended mm-hmm. family they had. And so I know that will touch dads listening that say, oh my goodness, I've never connected with Joseph. I'm going to learn more about him this Christmas because Joseph is really calling out to you men. Come on, let's step in mm-hmm. to to where we're we're given an assignment, whether or not we know what to do. We're just following God one step at a time.
0: That's so good. Also, I want to just say, and I will absolutely blow this up on social media too. What a great gift. Your books are such a great gift for the men in your life. Like if, you if you're a woman listening, this is what you get your dads and your husbands. One husband, <laughs> yeah. this is what you get for Christmas because what a tool, what a tool to empower um, the men in our lives. And I'm so grateful for you and I love you. And um, you. Love Merry, you Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to the Joybringer podcast. I would love to connect with you. Find me on social media or on my website at seasonedhours.com. For more information on how to live like the gospel is good news, check out my book, The Joybringer Challenge. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or on my website. Thanks again for listening. And hey, I love you.